rock, punk, reggae, jazz, comedy, <laughs> comedy. <laughs> classical, RPM, Zydeco, metal, blues, disco, world, folk, hip-hop, talk, soundtracks, country, funk, eclectic. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Hello, my name is Kimberly Martin. And you're listening to Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County, a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Opinions expressed on this show are totally mine and do not reflect the opinions of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County and other shows, please go to KUCI.org. Okay. Well, hello, Heather. Hi. Oh, I, are you connecting us to a special phone call over yes, there? Yes, I am. I'll be right back. Oh, okay, good. All right. Take your time. Well, so if I can't chat with you, I have to tell everybody out there in uh, KUCI oh, land yeah, that I, uh, a long time ago, well, I was in love with the dance. I was... Um, a little bit of a novice ballerina and I had a blast. I grew up in Riverside and so I had a little brush with some ballet royalty growing up, as you well may know. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Darcy Kissler. That's right. Uh Darcy Kissler's brother was one of my first loves. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say anything beyond that. (laughs) But anyway, um, did I say one of? (laughs) Okay, stop now. Anyway, the topic is about ballet and today we have in the studio um, some pretty special guests. I'm really Really excited to have AJ Abrams. He is the um, well. We don't say prima bal- um, ballet dancer for a guy. So what do we what do we call you, AJ? Uh, I would just be considered a male dancer a or male a dancer, danceur, a danceur. Okay, so AJ is here in the studio, and we have just joining us on the phone Josie Walsh, who is the choreographer, and they are with the Festival Ballet Theater of the Southland Ballet Academy. And exciting enough, Josie is meeting us from L.A. She had classes up there. Um, she's also she's also a dance instructor, as you are too, right, AJ? I am, yes. Okay. And so we're here because we're excited about an upcoming performance that's happening at the Barclay Theater here on campus. And so in anticipation of that, we wanted to have them in the studio to talk to us a little bit about their craft, a little bit about what the ballet in particular is about, and to share... Um, what is going on with your ballet company. So, Heather, before we go in, I didn't even get to bring you in. You were busy. Yeah. Um, did you know I once managed to stuff this body into a tutu? Yeah, you told me about that. I did. So, yeah. Um, isn't, isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still have clothes that I used to stuff myself into at one point, so I kind of know how that goes. But you know, I never, I never used to know what a sausage felt like, but now I do. <laughs> no, you, I, I don't want to suggest what you should wear to feel like what a sausage should feel like. You better not. <laughs> no, probably not. If you're listening, uh, sh- 
Heather shares often, so we uh, we all we all know what she's talking about. If you're a regular to I don't, KUCI, do you, I don't think you're that into it, though. That you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure some of the audience might know. But probably, yeah. yeah. I'm probably not. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> I'm a mother of children. Uh huh. Um, so, okay, can we bring Josie, our choreographer? She's here. Sure? She's is online. She, is she online? I'm Hi, here. Josie. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I want to make sure before we continue that you are pulled over and in a safe location, roadside. I, I am. Totally okay, good. Safe. So you can sit calmly and quietly and we can talk about your work without you having any, any safety issues, right? Getting tickets for talking on the <clears throat> That's right. We don't need any of that. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so did I give you a proper introduction, or would you, like to, would you like to talk a little bit more about yourself? I usually have a big, long bio, and I want you to tell me a little bit more about you. Um, I, well, okay. Um, I used to be a professional dancer. I danced um, with three major companies, the Joffrey Ballet, the Oregon Ballet Theater, and the Zurich Ballet. Um, I have my own company in L.A., um, and I'm mother, too. You said you're a mother, so I'm a mother, too. And my husband is a composer, and he composed Secret Garden and all of my commissions. And he actually just texted me right now and said he sent you music. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Well, we're going to try to pull some of his music up during the show and make sure we get to have a listen of that. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. How did you find yourself to where you are now? Um, I've been, well, I've been in this this career, this art form, since I was five, literally, with one focus. And um, being a professional ballerina, and I lived all over the world, and the last place I lived was in Europe, and really being exposed as a dancer, and then um, started choreographing mostly assisting in Europe and sort of opened my eyes to a whole new world. Um, and then when I moved home to L.A., which is uh, me just coming back I left here at 17, I just figured, you know, um, sort of searching. Um, I thought I would do something completely different. I ended up just moving deeper into my field that I've always been in. So, you know, then moving into choreography, into directing, and always always teaching, and it's just um, really an extension of what I've been doing. I've pretty much dedicated my entire life to this art form and um, and also the evolution of it. I, uh, I do very contemporary ballet, um, but, you know, it is, it is really the extension of purely classical ballet. It's not that, um, in replace of, so it's kind of... Um, there's a lot of contemporary work out there, but they're not necessarily ballet trained or really know how to work with ballet because it's such a precise, disciplined art form. So, you, um, you yeah. know, you raise a really good point that I, I think I hold as having a little bit of background in ballet. I mm-hmm. it's maybe a little bit of elitism, if you would, but I think ballet is fundamental. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I mean, when I teach, um, and I teach all all different types of people and different um, what they want out of dance. And, you know, I say that ballet is the, the mother of all dance. It is the foundation and discipline, um, whether it's your style of space, it is the foundation. And you cannot argue with a trained dancer because they have a refinement that they've put their body through. Um, they don't get to just move. They have to, they have to filter through this incredibly difficult discipline. All, all classic arts, you know, classical musicians, all of that, 
you know, it, and it's, um, you know, it's a dedication, and it takes a certain person who's willing and who values that work. And um, I really think it just, it is a refining process, and it's not elitism. It's really people who've actually seriously dedicated their, to this art form, because it's, it's far from glamorous. You know, it is absolutely the opposite of glamorous um, in reality on every level. So I, I, I um, the illusion is elitist, but it's it's really not. These people are the, the most dedicated. The grittiest, maybe even, there. because yeah, they're... and, and they're... don't get the glory, actually, of a lot of the commercial dance, you know? So it's really, um, it's getting a lot of attention now, and... and um, Bravo to Keon and, and uh, Eliana for winning. So you think two ballerinas, two ballet dancers and ballerina. <laughs> ah. so it's good. It's good that it's going mainstream. That there's a little bit more public awareness of of this art form. Um, and I'm a big promoter of making it accessible to a non dance audience. Um, for me, the word commercial. Um, in any sense, some for some some commercial, it's true, and it is a sell a sellout. And for others, it's to me, it feels like just making something accessible, so a wide range of people will enjoy it. You know, when you think Cirque du Soleil, people say commercial, but they're highly skilled, trained, top of the line, but they made it accessible, and I think that that's an ingredient that's really important for the longevity of play. So you've come to the point in your career where you naturally, like you said, worked deeper in your field, and choreography is where you find yourself now. Uh-huh. Do you find the demands of you as a choreographer, are are you imposed on differently because of what's happening mainstream or because of the um, this intense drive to produce quickly something for that mainstream engine, if you will? Um, yeah, I mean, it's different when I, you know, I do have a commercial agent, um, and I do do commercial work, um, and that is they want everything right there on the spot. So, you know, it is a different animal. Um, the hardest, and, and you know, and you, you just sort of deliver something quick for that and through a whole editing process. It's very different than a live show where, um, you know, it's actually the hardest and the most challenging um, I prefer working with a company. I prefer that because it is the most challenging, um, but that's really what makes me good at my craft. Um, There is more demand out there. There's less time for everything because time equals money, rent space, dancers' time. So, you know, there's a lot of – I'll do workshops, um, AJ, with you there is one of my favorite dancers, um, a.k.a. Ajinski. I can see why <laughs> Ajinski is one of your favorites. He's delightful. <laughs> He's delightful. And and he will go in the studio with me and just workshop movement. I do a, I curate a choreographic workshop called Intersection, and the whole point about that is to just create without the pressure of having to deliver a product immediately, which can cut your creativity because you're afraid to take chances. You know it works, and let's hear you. Let's, you know. So I do on my own accord with the generosity and talent of people like AJ. Go on when I have time and, and workshop material so that I am prepared if a commercial gig 
I have really quality stuff ready to go. You know, how, opportunity meets preparation. How um, do you catalog that creativity? Are you writing down routines? Are you yeah, videoing uh, well, them? Interesting you should ask that. I mean, I, I actually do. Um, I catalog. I actually write out my choreography, and I video the phrases, and I actually organize them on my computer to refer back to them. I have so many journals books. That act, the thing that's a little challenging when I go back to read it, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so, you know, in the moment it made sense, and I'm trying to get better at my notes, but I do catalog it. It's more difficult with contemporary movement because the ballet syllabus has very specific names for everything, arabesque, right. but in contemporary work, there's no syllabus necessarily. So I make up names that will jog my memory or, or, or a, 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 a title for a certain phrase. And then, um, but videoing is what I've been doing. I video the phrase and I catalog it, um, so that it, it's. I kind of, if you can think of like a chef, you know, you 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 get your ingredients ready, and you get the best quality ingredients. And then when you're ready to cook, you can pick and choose wisely. But actually, picking the ingredients is the hardest part, you know. And um, you know, I said to my husband the other night, I said sometimes, you know, I get jealous. You go into your studio and you have the string section, the guitars, you have all of the ingredients, and then you can just cook. I have to make everything every time before I can even think about what goes good with something. And, you know, and, it, and you know, and there's only two arms and two legs, and there's, it's, it's a process, I mean, and it's, it's challenging, but I also have, I'm very hard on myself that I don't want to repeat myself. I have my style and a signature, and I, you know, I, a recognizable style, but I actually really push myself to keep coming up with new ingredients, and um, it's a commitment. <laughs> it's a big I, commitment. I'm yeah. fascinated by you saying signature style. It, can you, like for the listening audience, can you give me some idea of some noteworthy signature styles that we might, as just an audience, recognize? Um, my stuff always has sort of a sensual, sensual, um, right, A.G.? A yeah. very sensual yes. kind of... A sensual feel. quality. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's always that underneath. Um, I work very hard to layer it, so it's it's very layered, my work. Um, I mean, people say to me, oh, it's so, that's so Josie. And I've been like, well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? When you're yourself, what does that mean? So I've been trying to decide for that. I don't know, AJ, maybe you could answer that better than me. That's, that's good, AJ. No, See it's, if you can... it's true. There are steps that she will come up with, and, and she'll think she's repeating herself, but I'm like, it's so Josie. You have to keep it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> you call it a Josieism. A Josieism. <laughs> it's totally a Josieism. And it's like, um, she may be repeating herself, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, it, she's not repeating anybody else. This is her stuff. You know what I mean? This is this is her, and she's. Um, it comes from a pure place, from your own place, right? Yeah, it does. It's original, you know, and um, and I think it's okay. And the thing is, what she's talking about layers is that, you know, she can teach a step, and then um, it it will become something totally different um, just because of how an individual dancer executes it. Um, she might like something a little bit more that. Um, you know, that the dancer is doing and then it becomes a different step too. So uh, a lot of it has to do with um, uh, the the personalities that she works with and stuff like that too. Um, I think yeah. lends itself a lot. Do you find yourself, Josie, creating moves for a 
particular dancer's, um, I don't want to say style because that's not the word I'm looking for, but their um, translation of your moves. Yeah, I'm very um, sensitive and keyed into who I'm working with, and um, and I want to empower them. So if I create a step that I feel that they are not resonating with, I will keep changing until it matches them um, really almost energetically so they can really feel it organically and not that they're trying to emulate something that I want. Um, I, I'm definitely like very clear and very intentional about what I want, little nuances that suit somebody else. That's the beauty of chemistry, you know. That's when it becomes something more. And I, I do my work in, like, first, second, third drafts, and, like, layering it as I'll do, like, if you think of a painting, really broad strokes. And then I start getting really detailed. And then in layering it, like the finale at Secret Garden is a very big number with a lot of dancers. And there's a lot of sections moving into somebody else's section. And um, it's very layered. And... Um, in that sense, my whole thing is if you can predict my choreography and see my patterns so easily, then I'm not doing a good job. You should just, it's really important for me if my work is visceral, that you actually um, are not sitting back and analyzing it, that you're actually feeling it. Um, and I work, and I'm sensitive to the flow and the dynamic of things, and I also have the luxury to work with a composer. I have to do my husband because um, I'll say I needed to get really dynamic here and then drop out. Like he was, he's very dynamic, so we create like really creating a ride, like riding a wave. And um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I um, I think I have a very good eye, and I'm pretty critical on my stuff as well. Like I'll video, and I'm like I'm not hitting my mark. Like it's not taking me on that ride. What is it? And I won't stop until I find what it is, and then. You know, or I know when I hit my mark. Um, and and over the years of experience, you know, you just, your eye gets more trained. I mean, it's just, you know, so it, it's definitely a process. Um, well, and, yeah. We're really talking about an intimate exchange that you have with your dancers. Mm-hmm. How, it, it, is it typical that most choreographers were all dancers themselves first? Has there ever been um, a scenario yeah, where that no, wasn't there, the case? Yeah, there's choreographers who are not, that haven't been dancers. Um, uh, you know, I can't speak for them, you know? I, I mean, I think that it creates a different point of view. Um, you know, uh, for me, I, I find the movement on my own body because, you know, so I, I, I'm really inside of it. And I think when you're not a dancer, you're working from um, an, a, more of an observant point of view, an idea in your head. And I actually do both. I step back, I step, move in, I step back, I move in. So I can't, I can't say, um, I think it would be challenging if you weren't a dancer because you don't really know how to communicate to a dancer. Um, physically what they need and I know I know weight shifts and I, little nuances dynamics that I mean it's just given you know that I think would be almost intimidating to somebody who didn't have that craft in their body but not impossible I definitely know um, choreographers aren't dancers um, I think sometimes they tend to 
ask things that don't um, necessarily flow, and they don't know why, and because they haven't actually tried it themselves, but or maybe you something know. that the body can't do. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's individual because, you know, in many ways, um, it's, you know, any art is, you know, it's really, it really starts with a thought, right, and an, and an image. So whether it's a painting or dance, so, you know, all of it's possible, you know. Um, I. Things come up when we're when we're sitting here talking, and the first thing that comes to my mind is the audience. How do we prepare the audience to receive your ballet? And I'm going to ask the same question of you too, AJ. I'm going to let Josie answer. Mm-hmm. But what what kind of a relationship are we asking for when an audience comes together to see your performance? Well, um, you know, I actually. I actually, when I'm choreographing, I imagine myself sitting in the audience for my busy day with my busy thoughts, and I, and I think, how am I going to capture this individual? I actually put myself in the audience all the time from that point of view. Um, you know, this version of Secret Garden for Festival Valley is a condensed version of the original one that I created, which is two acts. This is a condensed version into one act, so there's you know, it's going to be tighter and faster paced and it's dynamic, um, but it also doesn't give me the luxury to expand it like, because this is really a two-act ballet, but I'm doing the condensed version. So I've been racking my brains nonstop on how to tell this very, in many ways, challenging story in a one-act. And I come up with my my formula and then I constantly put myself in the audience and imagine if this is going to make sense is this going to grab you um it's like creating a space and ambiance you know it you know I I you know at any restaurant every any house any situation you walk into right you walk into an ambiance first you get a, a sense and a feeling first so I try to capture that the opening image with the music um you know, it's a journey, like like any movie that you go into. So, you know, I, I mean, I pay close attention to that. Um, I don't know if that answers the question, but it's, you know. It, it is, does, and I suppose I suppose that answer is going to be different from a danceur as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you just to hold for a second. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real People of Orange County, and we are at 88.9 FM here in Irvine. We have on the show with us today... Um, some really interesting folks from the Festival Ballet Theater and the Southland Ballet Academy. They are going to be performing upcoming here at UCI at Barclays Theater. There, a couple performances are coming up from this group. Um, Secret Garden is happening on October 14th, and then the Nutcracker will follow, um, as traditionally does, in December on the 14th through the 24th. So we, um, we're welcoming this discussion from Festival Ballet Theater. AJ Abrams, see if you can answer that question for me, how important the audience is and what kind of a relationship do you attempt to have when you're performing? Um, what kind of relationship I attempt to have with the audience? Correct. Um, I I think it's um, for me. I think it's just it's individual. As, you know, as to what ballet I'm doing, but um, with this one, I really just want to um, 
portray the story and the character that I'm, you know, that I'm supposed to be portraying. Um, now, the character that you're portraying is? Uh, it's Archibald Craven. And he, he is the uncle that takes in the little girl, yes, correct? Yes, he is an uncle. He's the uncle of Mary, and um, he's sort of a broken man. Um, I love that you said he's broken. He is. He's sort of a broken man, which I identify with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, starving artist over here. But yes. um, uh, no, uh, you know, his wife, his wife has died and, um, you know, all of his happiness has sort of gone with her. And, um, and, you know, he's just very shut off and um, not a very nice guy. Um and, um, you know, through, through the story and through this little girl, um, you know, she sort of becomes the, the key, um, to this, uh, this secret garden, uh, that, you know, that I don't know if you guys know the story. Um, probably, uh, Josie can tell you a lot more about it, but I, I know that it's, was one of my favorite stories growing up and I used to watch the movie over and over. Right, right. Um, I know my children have. What I love mm-hmm. about the offering that the company is doing Festival Ballet Theater by bringing this to the audience is that, A, as a, as a mother, I want my children to see these themes in a way. It's it's like we, we dish up adulthood in gentle doses throughout childhood. And this is just such a beautiful way to dish these themes to our children um, through a very non-threatening form of dance. Mm-hmm. It's all body communication, so it gives the children a much deeper... Um, a, a much deeper experience of some of these painful emotions without having to hear harsh words or yelling, mm-hmm. you know. That's um, the fun part. You like that part? You like the drama, Heather? Yes. <laughs> the harsh words. Well, what I, what I learned, you know, Josie, I don't know if this is familiar to you, but my children had the lucky fortune of being part of a Waldorf-inspired charter school for two years. And one of the things they teach in that school is what they call eurythmy. And basically, it's just getting the kids in touch with the movement of their body. It's probably the precursor to all dance, Mm -hmm. but probably more specifically to ballet and just saying, hey, we just want you to get here and feel what a sway feels like or feel what movement feels like. And now let's, you know, course an emotion through our bodies and see how that feels. I think that's probably a lot about what you're talking about, Josie. And what you get to experience, AJ. Mm-hmm. But um, but what I think is so interesting is that the Secret Garden is part of the California Public um, Core Curriculum. It's probably one of the standards, and that's um, themes that they get to explore in fourth and fifth grade. So, so many children are going to be experiencing this book. And so what better way for you guys to put it into the form of a ballet so they can experience it on a much, much deeper level? Yeah, and you know, on the note about connecting as a performer, what um, what I find most dynamic and most change when people inspire you to change is because you've seen the change in that person, not because they're preaching to you to change, but simply through witnessing that person transform. So what I push my dancers is actually not to be performing for the audience, but to have a true organic connection with the character and go through their own personal transformation. And that being true to that, because everybody can relate to loss and hope and transformation on some level. So if the artist is personally identifying like a good actor. Like AJ just said he was. (laughs) Yeah, not not just performing and trying to make you feel something because that's not real. 
trying to make somebody do something is almost manipulative, but being that, uh, becoming that character and going through, you know, when I first created this ballet, it was very um, emotional. It was an emotional experience for all of us involved because it seemed like the scenes of it was happening in our life. It, so it was like very interesting to see art reflects life, life reflects art. So the truer the, um, I like to say that, you know, the audience is witnessing. It's almost like verism. They're witnessing something so true and so organic on stage that people are going through with themselves, and they're being brave enough and vulnerable enough in that power of vulnerability to share that publicly without having to perform in the normal sense of what people would think perform is. That's when something happens that's truly transformative in the theater, and that's the difference between a live performance as opposed to a movie because you can truly feel that happen in the house. And the audience the audience does change the performance for the performer because we're living, breathing beings and we feel each other as opposed to, once again, the being in a movie theater. That audience, no matter how rowdy or whatever, they cannot affect the performance of the movie. It's in the can, it's done. You know, but there is a, a relationship that does go on um, energetically in a live theater, and I think that that's really, really beautiful. And I wish more people, especially here in California, would experience live theater on a regular, like a regular basis, because there is a sense of community more than a movie or anything like this that is really special. It seems like as time goes on, those types of human connections in in live theater are going to become more and more important. Um, uh, especially with the Internet getting stronger and stronger. Right. You, you have to have something, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I have a couple. Well, so AJ, tell me what one of your favorite moments in The Secret Garden was, because we, we've identified that you're playing the broken character, but so I can, you can talk to us a little bit about um, how that feels in the beginning and how you arrive at the end of the performance, and then maybe one of your favorite moments. Oh, um, okay, what do you want to hear first? <laughs> favorite I do, moment. I do this to my children. I give them three, three different things to do, and then they just don't do any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's, really, it's, it's hard to just pinpoint one. There's, there's so many in the ballet. Um, I love working with Josie. I think she's brilliant, and I want to follow her everywhere. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a part where, um, where I do a duet with, uh, a, a, um, a friend of mine, Jason, who's playing my son. <laughs> um, oh, I bet that's an important yeah, dance. Yeah. Um, and, Is this uh, the son that's crippled? Yes. Okay. Well, he's crippled in his mind. I, I see. Yes. Or so they thought. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't communicate very well with him and, um, there's a, there's a part where we're both in our rooms, um, your separate rooms, separate rooms. Um, but we're side by side on stage mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, it's a, it's a duet side by side. Um, oh, see and, now that's going to make me want to cry mm-hmm, without telling you too much. <laughs> I can see um, it already yeah, being really rich. Without telling you too much. Uh, we basically get up the nerve to go, um, see each other and then we're not, you know, you're not in the separate rooms anymore. Exactly. And, um, and that's, that's a really powerful moment for me. Um, I, I think, uh, another one is, um, well, the finale is kind of amazing. Um, it's just all of it. Um, I want to be in all of it. I'm not in all of it, but I want to be in all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and 
just in a dancing aspect and um and all that uh i think probably one of my favorite um is is dancing with uh tara tara gusman she's um she plays my uh my wife who has passed um and i sort of i do this duet with her um she's a she's like a vision um and um just connecting with a ballerina on stage i think is one of my favorite things to do um i i feel more comfortable dancing with somebody um i feel more comfortable when i'm behind a ballerina almost oh that's um, interesting I, I i think i just like taking care of people maybe mm. um but uh i'm i'm i think i'm better with somebody Sort of sounds codependent, doesn't it? No, it actually, you know, I, I get a little irritated by that term only because if we're all codependent, doesn't that at some point just cross over from being a psychological term to a human quality? I right, mean, yeah. to me, that's you just you just spoke to the human experience and why it's so important mm-hmm. to need and to want and to have people in our lives. I think it, is, it crosses over to the unhealthy side, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's when people bring it up. Yeah. yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we're really not meant to do this alone. So I well, don't know. You know, AJ, AJ, I would actually that I would never guess that about you because you're so incredible uh, in a solo performance. But when you're with a partner, um, he he connects with, you know, I've partnered him with a couple of other people in different projects and he connects with each one quite differently, but always um, really honestly, emotionally, like AJ is probably the most uh, emotionally available dancer I've worked with. So mm. it's a real gift to watch because. Well, I, that's going to make him want to like people to call in on the hotline. If you yeah. say he's available. Well, I mean, the truth is, it takes great. Everybody confidence. wants somebody emotionally available. <laughs> and good looking and too. Yes. Really yes. He's so <laughs> handsome. To make yourself he's got amazing vulnerable. calves. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in a way it's like, it's a lot of power to allow yourself to be that verbal and that transparent with it and show so your emotion. True. That takes a lot of courage. Yeah, they do Being s- a dancer yeah. alone, it is like, I am I am the art. This is my body. There is, I am not be behind a book or a screen. It is so exposing and vulnerable. Um, and all dancers are really, really rock stars. Like, people don't realize how vulnerable that is. But they, the greatest strength comes in that level of vulnerability. Mm. I believe so because, um, yeah, I believe so. So AJ's. Um, well, you know, I asked strong. AJ what his favorite part was. Josie, do you have a favorite part? You know, I, I find myself going like this. Oh, it's my favorite part. It's and probably like, like asking like you which times. one of your children is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, each each sex I have, you know. Um, I have a lot of favorite parts in Secret Garden, um, you know, and this also being the, the condensed version, you know, I tried to pull in the, you know, everything, and it was hard because I got attached to everything that I created on it, so con- condensing that, so I had to let go, but um, I, it, you know, it's a tough one. I, I, I absolutely love the duet that I did with, um, that AJ and Tara do together that he was talking about um, the the scene with him and um, with Archibald and his son in the two separate rooms was um, a real moment of inspiration. I was racking my brains like how do I how do I show you know I don't have words 
how do I show this relationship? And I'm constantly asking the question, and my husband was playing um, just an acoustic piece. And we did it very acoustic, you know, and there's not a lot of stuff going on in that scene, and there's something so raw and so beautiful. So I am a fan of that scene, um, and AJ and um, Jason Glover do it together, and um, they're pretty amazing. And the, the, that scene, I, I, there's so many. Honestly, I worked extremely hard on the finale. This is um, this is really far from a manicured English garden, I'll tell you that much. I made this garden raw, um, visceral. It's more of an invocation that the garden stands for transformation, and transformation um it's hard. It's not, and I and I told I told the girls I'm like, you guys are not pretty roses. Like you got some serious thorns. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this is a story of transformation. And, and it sounds like a little bit of redemption too. Say it again. I said it sounds a little bit like redemption too, mm-hmm. for the there, father and the son relationship. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me is it's really interesting because she used the garden as a metaphor, and to me it's the cycle life, right? You plant a seed, you nurture it, you know, you make the soil, you know, fertile, and then you watch it grow, and then it dies, and then it re- and then it rekindles it, and then it starts over the cycle of life. But as humans, we don't, we don't, that end part of it, we resist that. But it doesn't necessarily always have to mean a physical death. It could be a death of who you used to be. So there's, this story is about nature in many ways, you know, teaching us to, you know, and there's this, um, yeah, and I was attracted to that. And I was attracted to um, just flowers in, in, in general. I try to choose, um, you know, in choosing this story, and it is a challenging story. I mean, talk about compelling conflict. I mean, and there's so many conflicts in the story. But, it, but, you know, I kept, you know, what's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? And it is. It is the story of transformation. So, you know, and then I like the idea of this little girl. You know, she finds the key and she opens, you know, in the book. But to me, she herself is the key. You know, she, she's the catalyst. And through her, she had to overcome her own loss and strife to be a catalyst to open up a space to heal other people's loss. You know, I mean, she's, really, she's a hero. So, you know... Um, Finding those archetypes and those metaphors and to create scenes visually that would work, you know, I mean, it's a digital set design, a digital set design by David Baysmore. I worked very closely with him and, you know, we did green screening and, you know, there's silhouettes in it and, um, you know, it's it's a whole process to to bring something to life just visually, purely visually, you know. It it sounds an, an an incredibly awesome task, but it, there really isn't another medium better than dance that that can do the, a story quite justice in the way that we're talking. No, so it it's very you rich. To have your imagination with it. It's not spoon feeding it, right? It, 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 it so it, true. It kind of gives you the energy, and it allows you to fill in the blanks on many levels. So um, I have a question for AJ. So how is it, like, what is it like for you? Obviously, you have a very close relationship with Josie, but at some point in your career, you work with other choreographers. What, what is it like for you to take what this experience is that they're trying to transform and then adapt 
if you have to adapt your dance style or just just to sort of pick up on the energy that that choreographer is giving you? Hmm. Pick up on the energy. Oh, let's see. Um, you know, it, it's... You're really it's, becoming a conduit for somebody else's right, vision. Right. Even though in the case of the character that you are playing, you identify. Right. Or some aspect of you identifies. I, I think it, I think it's it's obviously different with each experience. Um, you know, I, I try to, um, with me as a dancer, I try to connect emotionally um, to, uh, to anything that I do. Um, you know... With with Josie, it's very easy to do that. Um, with some choreographers, it's it's just um, a lot of it's just steps and what you know. You have to kind of uh, be in tune to what they want. Um, a lot a lot of the time, unfortunately, it's just you are just a body, um, and you're there to um, you know to uh, to in- well not necessarily to interpret, but to. Uh, to, to translate, to, maybe to, yeah, to translate yeah, to fulfill I mean, what this choreographer has out, you know, has has in their their vision. Um, right. I mean, I I always try to connect emotionally, but sometimes it's not there, you know. Sometimes right, it's right. not there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a chemistry thing. You yeah. don't always have it. You don't always share the chemistry. Right. Um. So both of you teach ballet. How how or why is that important to you in your craft? Is it um, is it a good kind of uh, closing full circle experience when you're teaching ballet? For for me, uh, I actually started teaching ballet um, to supplement my income, really, <laughs> um, because you know it's uh, it's something Starting that I'm artist, not, yeah. yeah, it's something that I'm knowledgeable about. But um, but then I see kids sort of get it, and not everybody does. But some sometimes I see kids get it, and um, and then that is like a reward in itself that I didn't even I wasn't expecting from it. Um, so that's what it is for me. And what about you, Josie? Um, I've kind of always been a teacher. You know, when I was dancing uh, in the in companies, I could always kind of see why, technically or even mentally, what was going on with somebody that they couldn't get something. And I always sort of instinctually knew the sort of knew the answer. I feel like, uh, in many ways, I feel like I have a gift for teaching. Um, it's very important for me to have both in my life. I think if I was only teaching, the the other side of me would sort of be screaming out, but just choreographing with not teaching would would be an imbalance. Um, teaching also, um, I'm extremely sensitive to uh, everybody interprets your words differently. Everybody can take information very differently. So it makes articulate and learn how to speak the same language differently to different people. So as a choreographer, um, I teach a lot, and I also teach... Um, a lot of master classes I also teach on, you know, I, I not so much lately, but tons of conventions every weekend, different cities, hundreds of dance. Uh, it makes you articulate. It makes you um, constantly, I'm always deducting and finding how do I get to the essence and quickly and make a difference fast. Um, it's made me a better choreographer because I can art- I can see why they can't, pick up something and I can teach them how um, but the one thing is when I'm in teacher mode it also it does conflict a lot of times with my creativity and that's why like AJ and there's a handful of dancers that I like to work with because understand my movement so well we connect 
so well that I don't have to teach. I can just stay in my inspired mind and create. So in many ways, I'll create, um, as AJ would throw his hair up and go, create! I would create um, with um, like-minded people, and then then I can, once I've created that, then I can articulate it and teach it. But once you teach it, you go into a different part of your brain. You're breaking it down. So it's a different part of your brain, because when you're creating, it's almost, you're in your subconscious times, and you're just kind of living there. So, but, but um I'm 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 a very I'm a very dedicated teacher. Um, I don't just teach the stuff. I teach the inner workings. I teach dynamics. I teach energy. I teach visualization. Are you really teach, pulling something out of each individual when you're oh, teaching? Oh, absolutely, and teaching them the power of their mind to see it first. Um, you know, I, I was you know, it's just it's a, it's a different experience for me. Um, you know, and it's constant. Also, like AJ said, it's constant. You know, that's a steady form of work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and it's a craft like AJ dedicated her life to. Extremely knowledgeable, and you know, you 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 tend to work in some people go to college to learn a craft to then make a living at it, right? So it's the same thing. I mean, we've invested right. our whole life and in it, so we're very knowledgeable, and. Um, and even if we couldn't articulate it, it's in our body, and students can read that. Now, um, Festival Ballet Theater, the founder of Festival Ballet Theater was um, Salwa Rizkala. Tell me a little bit about your relationship. You were commissioned to do this work by mm-hmm. Salwa. Tell me a little bit about her and her um, her inspiration for doing this project. Well, you know, I mean, AJ has a long history, right? You've been with her since you were 13. Yeah, she. Um, I think she yeah. hired me for the first time when I was 13, and I remember, like, getting a check, and I was... Ah, I was totally excited. So, so she's she's the found she's the artistic director of Festival Ballet Theater. Is she also um, the is she the um, director of Southland Ballet Academy as well? She is. She teaches okay. uh-huh, a lot. She teaches a lot. So she was a she's a ballet dancer as well. Oh yes. But um, okay. Yes. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with Salwa. Salwa is um, well. We're both Sagittariuses, so oh, we are. Ex- me too. We're extremely hard workers <laughs> and um, amazingly talented. Yes, and ex- extremely talented, <laughs> and intensely um, agile. Exactly. Um, big we come personalities. Up with them, yes. um, Not all the time. Salwa is. Um, Sawa Sawa is a a wonderful lady. She's a wonderful lady. She's a great businesswoman, which people don't realize about her. Um, And, um, you know, um, the students that she produces, it's insane. I mean, people come from everywhere to train with her. I believe I had a friend driving all the way down to Fountain Valley to train with you guys. Uh And so you guys have two locations, so right? You have one in Fountain Valley, and where's the other location? One is in Irvine. Mm -hmm. In Irvine here, Mm -hmm. okay. Off of Jeffrey, I believe, yeah. How how interesting. (laughs) Not to be confused with Joffrey. (laughs) All right. So, um, what role does she play for you, Josie? Does does a director of a ballet studio like this come and find you? Is that how how this works? She has the inspiration to do a piece because she she has several shows coming up. This is all performances that she's working on through Festival Ballet Theater. She's got um, the Nutcracker and then Don Quixote in March, and then you is this twenty fifth. Uh, 
anniversary celebration that's happening in August. That's something that she spearheaded as well, right? The gala. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Tell yeah. me a little bit about. You know, I met Selva, um, well, sort of through my work indirectly. I did a, a piece for a dancer, um, Sergei Kalik, that he performed in a big gala in New York. That was a very prestigious gala. And she was there and she commented to Sergei that she liked his solo. And um, he gave her my info. And we, months later, she invited me to teach some contemporary ballet classes for her students. And I did. And, um, and I basically, um, she asked me to choreograph for his American Grump um, for three of her girls. And I did that. Um, and then, and then it just, you know, she then months go by, and then she called me up, and she said, you know, I'd like, I'd like a, a one-act ballet, and you know, I'd love to commission you to create something. And then she saw that I had done Secret Garden, but it's a two-act ballet, and it kind of, is it possible to make that a one-act? Because she already had other stuff on the program, you know, when you two-act, and that's it. That's it. I mean, nothing else in the program. Right, because there's a mixed repertory happening after your one right, act, correct? Right, mm-hmm. So, you know, at first I thought, oh, I don't, I don't know if you can do Secret Garden in a one act. But, you know, I just said, you know, I sat with it, like, you know, over and over again. And, and I came back saying, I think I can do it. Um, it will be different than, you know, a two act. But it was, it was really that simple. I mean... You know, I think um, in general, when you're doing, you know, I'm out there doing my craft constantly, so, so, and I just think that that, you know, your your name gets out there, and and that's how you connected. So, Josie, let me ask you this: I understand that this ballet was a family project, and that your husband wrote some of the music. He wrote. He wrote all of the music. He wrote all of the music. Okay. Yes. Um, we have a little piece. Do you know what piece he sent us? Um, I believe he sent you the finale. The finale has lots of different, lots of different sections in it. So I don't know what you're going to play. Oh, okay. So um, Heather's queuing it up for us, and um, while she's doing that, actually, it's ready to go. Is it ready to go? Okay. Yeah. So we don't know the name, but it is part of the finale. So we'll go ahead and it's play called. It. It's called Final One. Is a file name. So that's. Do we know how long it's going to be? It's about two minutes. Okay, we're going to go ahead and play that. And that's the song. Oh, that's that's incredible. That was um, from Paul Rivera Jr. Junior. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Beautiful. We yeah. thank him for we sending that to the us. Whole, um, the whole album itself is actually an hour and 42 minutes. That's the original. And it's actually on iTunes. It's available on iTunes. So I have to give them that plug because for people who are looking for choreography, it is an hour and 42 minutes of extremely diverse music. Wonderful. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in love with the music. He's also DJing. So he's actually going to remix Secret Garden 
at a level that could belong in a club, which is kind of hilarious, but it's really good. <laughs> That's pretty spectacular. Okay, yeah. I want to devote a little bit of the rest of the time we have, which is not but a few minutes, to um, letting everybody know that this performance that we've been talking about is The Secret Garden, and there's also going to be a mixed repertoire on October 14th at Irvine's Barclay Theater. Now, if you want more information about the show, you could go to thebarclay.org, and that is is spelled um, for Barclay. It's B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot org. The Barclay dot org. And uh, tickets are reasonable. I plan on taking my children to see it. AJ, uh, tell us a little bit more. I know you're playing in the mixed repertoire, but you also have some more roles coming up mm-hmm. um, from the uh, Festival Ballet Theater. Tell us a little bit about those. Um, uh, wow. Okay. Um, Nutcracker. I'm very excited. I'm getting to play the Nutcracker Prince. Oh, you're going to be a great prince. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, no, that's very exciting. You get, you know, you get a, a featured pas de deux and you get to dance with Clara, now, of course. Now, pas de deux, for those of you who don't know, is um, you dancing with the uh, prima ballerina, is that um, correct? Well, she, she's not actually the prima ballerina. Um, that would be the Sugar Plum Fairy. Those are outside guests that, uh, that come and dance for us. Um, okay. A lot from uh, American Ballet Theater in New York. Oh, my. Um, yeah, big names. Is that big, intimidating? Big um, you know what? It's more inspiring is what it is. Oh, um, that's a nice spin on it. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, to, because, I mean, Sawa really actually, um, she exposes these young dancers to, um, you know, to dancers of that caliber. And, uh, it's amazing because they have something to aspire to. That's right. Uh, and they, and they see that it's, um, that it's tangible, you know, that it can, that they, they too can be at that level if they keep working. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, so I'm doing Nutcracker Prince, and I've done a lot of very, really cool roles, I think, with okay. Sawa. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about Saxtet. Sax as in S-A-X. Yes, Saxtet. Six dancers set to saxophone music. That sounds um, spectacular. It's... Um, uh, the choreographer is uh, Yeroon, I believe, is how you pronounce his uh, first name. And the last name I'm not even going to try, but he's um, he's dancing currently with uh, Ballet Monte Carlo. Um, and um, it was really, really fun piece, really upbeat, um, kind of silly. And um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Now, if you did want to find out a little bit more about that, you could go to festivalballet.org. Mm-hmm. That is the website to your ballet company. And you can find out a lot more about the performances that Festival Ballet Theater will be doing. That's festivalballet.org. And um, they are in Fountain Valley and here in Irvine. So if anybody's been inspired by our discussion here at the Secret Garden with Josie Walsh and with A.J. Abrams, um, you can go dig a little deeper and see what you can find out about their company. Josie, I want to thank you so much for putting this together on your end. I know it wasn't easy uh, joining us by phone, but we really appreciate it. And AJ, also incredibly we love you, wonderful. Jay. Incredibly wonderful to have <laughs> you too. Did we lose Josie? No, I think she's still Are here. Are you there, Josie? Nope, I guess she dropped out. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we had her for a lot longer than we thought we were going to have her, so it was great. It was great to have her join us. And um, hey, is that Josie? <laughs> Does she want to come say goodbye? But um, oh, take us out yeah, if you we're, we're exiting anyways. If you would, AJ, and tell me what um, your most favorite part about okay. being a ballet dancer is. Uh, <sighs> favorite part about being a ballet dancer. Um, 
expressing myself, I think. Oh, you can it's, put her. We've got about a minute. It's, um, we got less than a minute. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. It, yeah, ex- definitely the expression of it all. Um, I'm not, I'm not too good with words, as you can probably tell. But um, I haven't um, noticed any deficiency <laughs> of your ability to use words yet. Yeah, I feel sort of socially crippled sometimes. But, um, but you know, to just go into a studio um, or be on the stage and express myself, um, not by speaking but by movement, um, it's almost therapeutic. So I think that's probably my favorite part. I love that. I love yeah. that. And with that, um, we thank you, Festival Ballet Theater, for joining us today, Josie Walsh and A.J. Abrams in the studio. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Uh, next up, we have Matt Kaplan with... Um, Planetary Radio and no, Counter Spin is up first. Counter Spin is yes. up first, yes, thank you. And then we're going to be going out with another song from. We're going to the... play another Paul Rivera Jr. song. Yeah, and it's called Final Two. Thanks Final for listening. Two. Thank you. <laughs> 